Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. Every day on I Work For Him, it's our desire to learn to be God's hands and learn to be God's feet in our workplace. And we try to challenge the way you look at your faith and your work. And today we've got, we're highlighting a ministry today that's operating all over the country that is making an impact every day in workplaces across the country. We're talking with local area team director, Roland Barlow, about marketplace chaplains. He's been on the show before, but that was when Ross Harrop was the the guest host for the day. I'm trying to remember, there was something that pulled me out. I had scheduled you, and then all of a sudden I'm like, yep, sorry, I can't be there. You, you had a technical requirement to take care of up north somewhere, a promise. That's to, what I ended up having to yeah. do. I had to go to Minnesota for something, yeah. you know, because it was in March, and it was the most amazing. That's right. It was in March, which is an amazing time to be in Minnesota because it's like teens and maybe 20, and it's freezing cold, and it just feels so good. It's like being in your freezer for a couple of hours. <laughs> it was nice down here. I, no, no, no. I love that. I miss the cold and the snow each and every day. Roland, I really want to spend the time today talking about about the impact that Marketplace Chaplains is having on workplaces all over Tampa Bay. And I really want to hear good stories. I want to hear positive stories. Maybe there's some ones out there that we should talk about, too, that aren't so positive. But it's you guys are taking ministry right to the workplace. And, And you're doing it in a manner that is unoffensive. And it really is... Just, it is a ministry to people. I mean, I've got, I I hit your website hard, which I told you I was going to do, and I got some questions right off of there. But I really want to know, how are you guys doing it? How are you guys making that impact? How are you 
impact in workplaces where some people don't even want to talk to a chaplain. That's what I want to hear. But I got this verse for you. Romans 10, 17. And I'm reading this in the New International Version. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. People aren't going to know about Jesus unless we get them to have a conversation with us about Jesus. They're not going to have a conversation with you until they find out how much you care, because they don't care how much you know until they find out how much you care. And really, isn't that what Marketplace Chaplains is all about? Absolutely. That's exactly right. And even in our core values, it starts with the idea of compassion. And uh, the very spelling of the acrostic for our core values is care. And uh, at the root of care is compassion. Yes, it is. At the root of care is compassion. You know, I want to I dig deep into what Marketplace Chaplains is doing. But first, let's just step back. Sure. Let's make it very personal. How has Jesus Christ made an impact on Roland Barlow today? Well, I'm going to state the obvious, if I may, as a born-again believer. Well, okay, you can do that, but I, mean, I might dig you for some more specifics, but okay. And, and that is the, the gift of eternal life. The gift of eternal life has, has made an impact today because that's what I get to carry with me and in me when I go and visit in the workplace. And without that, there would be no need for me to go into the workplace. So in a very personal way today, the fact that he has died for me and given me the gift of eternal life, that's who is going with with me when I go in and visit in the workplace. You know, I, I had a very, I, I can't remember who told this to me or, or explained it, and finally it clicked in my head. I never really thought about the fact that when we gave our lives to Christ, and, and honestly, this is going to rock your world a little bit, <laughs> July 13th, 1979, is the day I committed my life to Jesus Christ. So 36 years ago today. And, and it was at 10 o'clock at night in California, so that's really not technically until tomorrow, Florida time. But I celebrated on July the 13th because it was a Friday the 13th. But I knew that day that my, my I know my life has never been the same. But nobody ever explained to me, well, that was the day eternity started for me. Mm-hmm. Because the day you give your life to Christ is the day eternity really starts for you. That's right. And that relationship you start establishing with your Heavenly Father, that started that day. And that's what we get to take with us. Yeah, everybody always says, you don't get to take anything with you. Well, yes, you do. You take that relationship with your Heavenly Father with you. All of this time investing in our relationship with our Heavenly Father on earth, we get all of that because our soul goes. And all of that is soul to, the soul-to-God uh, relationship. Amen. Come on, you don't have to add any more to that. Okay. I just, those things were, you know, I've been a churchgoer all my life. But those things, I never, maybe I heard them, but I never really understood them. But this last 36 years of walking with the Lord it has been amazing. And the greatest part of that story, Roland, is, and I don't mean to take time away from you, but I want to make sure my audience hears this. As, as you're sitting there in the car or sitting there listening to this in a podcast, on July the 13th, 1979, that was the day the Lord ran my life into my future wife. Mm. He intersected our lives together that day, yet we didn't meet. My wife and me were in a crowd of 2,000 kids at uh, San Diego State University in their football stadium. And there was a speaker, Bill McKee, was a prophecy, you know, end times prophecy guy. And, and, and he said at the beginning of the week, at the end of the week, on Friday night, I'm going to give you a chance to commit your life to Jesus Christ for the first time, to rededicate your life or to commit yourself to full-time Christian ministry. And I'm like, ooh. I'd kind of... I would say when I was six, I understood what salvation meant. But I never put Jesus as the Lord on my throne. Mm-hmm. 
that week I knew I had a decision to make by the end of the week. And so we got to Friday. It's 8.30 at night. He, he repeats at the beginning of his talk. That's what I'm going to ask you to do. When I'm done, I'm going to ask you to do those things. And he starts asking people to make a commitment. And, you know, people give the first time uh, commitment to Christ. And they're like, yeah, I sort of did that. And that doesn't, that's not what I need to do. And rededication, I'm like, no, that's what I would do. I really want to commit myself to full-time Christian ministry. And so that was what the decision I made. So then he comes to those people and say, okay, if you want to commit yourself to full-time Christian ministry. And at that point in time, I didn't understand that that could be being a radio talk show host, Mm -hmm. being an insurance agent, being an IT professional, which is what I've been. Then he says, but if you want to do that, I want you to stand up among all your friends and I want you to yell out, here I am, Lord, send me. Hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> kind of tricky. So I, that was the battle and that was the dividing line. And that night I stood up and I yelled those words and the floodgates broke through in my life and my life's never been the same. Hmm. But the really cool part about it is my wife stood up in that crowd of 2000 and did exactly the same thing, committed wow. exactly the same thing. And we met three years later. And it wasn't until about a year into our dating relationship, so we were about 18, we finally figured out that we were there on that same night wow. and made that same commitment. But that was is really a precursor of how incredible my marriage has been because God intersected our lives July the 13th, 1979, 36 years ago today. Mm. And, and that's how much yeah. our Heavenly Father cares about the intimate details of our lives. He does care. Yes. And that's what you're doing every day in the workplace. You're showing that our Heavenly Father cares about those people individually by taking that care to them at their workplace. Talk to me about how it works. That's exactly right. And we call it a worksite visit. Uh, our chaplains are invited to actually go to the workplace. And uh, we start by checking in with the manager, whoever's giving leadership at that location at that point in time on that day and let them know that we're there just to check in and see how people are doing. We remember two things. They are working and we are visiting. So we're not there to inhibit the work process at all, but rather we are there to begin the process of building relationships. So going in and just going to that workstation, going to that cubicle, going to that office space, or going down that factory line, or going out to that loading dock catching up with the forklift driver whatever the case may be and try not to get run over by the forklift driver (laughs) that's exactly right we have to obey all the safety things that they provide for us in that location but so so do your chaplains get osha training then or what well we we don't necessarily have osha training but we do have the training of that specific location they bring us in for orientation give us the hard hat if we need it give us the vest if we need it um whatever is needed and and tell us what we can and cannot do so far as not getting killed is concerned (laughs) but but the process of coming to that person the workplace and just saying look how you doing today Day. And uh, finding out if there's great things going on in their lives or maybe something happened at home that morning before they left for work. And that's what they brought to work with them. And we began to hear what's going on in their life. Uh, we may not have a whole lot of input at that point. It may just be a lot of listening. But asking some of the right questions, prodding them to listen to themselves, to talk it out, makes a lot of difference in their in their lives. Now, those worksite visits are, are fairly brief. Sometimes we may have just uh, five, ten seconds with somebody. Sometimes we may have the opportunity to spend 30 minutes with them if they have permission to step aside and take a break during that time. So it can be brief. It can be a little more lengthy. But it's building relationships. It's getting acquainted with them, them acquainted with us, building a relationship where they go, yeah, I can trust that person. And I can talk to them about things I maybe have never talked to 
about with anyone else. And, and the cool part about what you just described is really the ability that any employee has that same opportunity with their coworkers and employees each and every day. And, and really, by you setting that example, you're also showing other Christ followers in the workplace, hey, here's how it's done. We're just developing relationships. That's all. It's, it's about relationship. It's because if you have a relationship, you then have the opportunity to say, wow, today, Bob, you just don't seem the same as you normally are. What's going on? Oh, nothing. I'm fine. Really? Freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional? No, 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 no. It's not that bad. People, I love that when I throw that at people. That was from some chick flick years back. I have no idea which one it was. You can look that up, Ivan, and help me out. But, but, and he goes, no, no, no. Well, something happened at home. And then you, well, what's going on? And then you, it opens up that conversation. And then, you know, my first thoughts are always to say, well, can I pray about that for you? Mm-hmm. And then if you come back and follow up and say, hey, Bob, how's that going? You, then you may get that opportunity to say, hey, can I pray with you? Are you able? Are you guys able to pray with people on site? We absolutely are. Now, it may depend on the business. There are some businesses we serve that are maybe publicly traded companies, and they might have an issue with us just pausing and praying right there publicly in the workplace. But many of the locations we serve are led by Christian business leaders, and uh, absolutely, if we can take time to pray right there on the spot, then they're all for that. In fact, just just recently had testimony shared with me of just what it meant to a fellow. As I came in, began to interact a little bit, he said, can we just step outside and talk for a moment? Sure. So we talked, I listened, some really just tough marital family issues going on in their lives. And um, as I listened, I said, can we just pray right now? I had no idea at the moment how much that meant to him, but he later said, I can't believe we just stopped and prayed about it right there. You know, thanks for doing that. So, yes, in many cases, we can do that. The Italian Job. Really? That's from The Italian Job? No wonder I got that. I love that movie. Cars everywhere. Little minis, big minis, minis in trains. That is, that's like planes, trains, and automobiles, that movie is. Absolutely. Even a chick flick. It is sort of a... You're right. Well, no, it's gold involved. <laughs> Ladies like gold. You're right. It's not even. I got that from the Italian job. Thank you, Ivan. Ivan gets all the credit for coming up with that one. I stand corrected. That is really not a chick flick. <laughs> Although I think I can get my wife to watch it tonight. Honey, we're going to watch the Italian job tonight. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. So let's just, I mean, you just talk about people are so appreciative when you get to pray with them. And they really are. Mm-hmm. They're, they're astounded by it. And they often thank you. Mm-hmm. for praying with them, mm-hmm. uh, and it really leaves a permanent impression on people. It absolutely does. And you just mentioned, if I may go back to the fact that other believers there in the workplace, I think that's one of the neatest things we get to do. Oftentimes, going into the workplace, we find that believers have been fearful about their faith in the workplace, and then realizing that a chaplain could come in and provide a faith-based care, never being pushy, but just available and relational, that they, too, can do the exact same thing. So I, I get a real thrill out of that, Jim, just encouraging other believers just to live out their faith right there in the workplace. They can be much more effective than us in the long run because they're there every, every day. day. Eight hours a <laughs> day, plus lunches. I mean, really, I mean, they're there eight hour days plus lunch, and lunch is the most powerful time of the yes. day. Lunch yes. and break times, because that's when you actually get to talk. Sure. We're about, Martha and I are going to do a show in a couple of weeks on exactly um, the impacts of stuff going on at home and how it impacts our workplace. Because as you just talked about, 
people are thinking about stuff going on at home. It's impacting what they do. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to spend a whole show just talking about that impact of what's going on at home and how it impacts you at work. We're talking today with Roland Barlow about marketplace chaplains and the impact that they're making right here in Tampa Bay and across the world in businesses, large and small, across the globe. Their website, I screwed it up right before the break, is M, as in Mary, mchapusa.com, mchapusa.com. I'll have it on Facebook tonight, so you can go out there and find out all about it. You don't have a limit on the size of the business that can bring in a chaplain, right? They can be a small business and be a monster business, right? Oh, that's absolutely right. The smallest businesses may have two or three employees. We have some warehouses where chaplains are out there doing weekly worksite visits just to two or three people. We do night shift visits to hotels where there's one person there, the night auditor. Um, Yet we serve Pilgrim's Poultry, which has about 37,000 employees across the country. We may go into a workplace where they have a processing facility with 1,500, 1,600 employees. Uh, So it can be large. It can be small. Do they still have chickens left? Uh, they they kill them all. <laughs> I got I have friends of mine in Iowa and Minnesota that they have completely culled their flocks because of that bird flu. And nobody's talking about this. But the last I checked last month, the chickens that produce 89 million dozen eggs a month have been killed. That was last month. And I know the number is bigger today. All right. That's just good news for us. If you want to know why bread is going to go up to $20 a loaf someday, that's because eggs are going to be ex- I mean, very, very expensive someday. All right. It's time for a book highlight segment just to be just to be positive about it. Our book highlight segment is crossed, brought to you by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. All right, our book today is called Chaplain by Marketplace Chaplains, Gil Strickland, the original founder, correct? That's correct. Tell me really quick about the book. you got 30 seconds. Oh, wow. The book is about his life. So Gil Strickland, of course, the founder, a retired military chaplain, uh, retired at age 50, and uh, found a business friend of his out in Dallas, Texas, that was willing to let him be his first chaplain and paid him to do it. So the book is all about how Gil grew up in the Dallas, Texas area, how he went to college, how he got married, uh, how the Lord led him to be a Marketplace chaplain ministry founder so it's well worth the read especially because it's got a lot of great stories in there it too it does it's chock full well, of well stories. anybody from texas has lots of great stories yeah, you got that right and they're always bigger than they should be those stories <laughs> no his are all true they're well they're all true and big all right so get a copy of this book written by gil strickland the founder of marketplace chaplains figure out how he did it and how it can impact your workplace today whether you're an employee or whether you're an owner this book is for you because you can find out how it's done call right now to the studio line ivan is actually standing by right now 855-265-2929 855-265-2929 and remember you need to read this book don't wait for the movie all right we got a copy of chaplain by gil strickland the Founder of Marketplace Chaplains. Uh, we, all right, we're talking today with Roland Barlow. He is the area director, area team leader for Marketplace Chaplains right here in Tampa Bay. Really, all over the South. You said from Orlando, which from from where? How? Where, what's your territory? <laughs> Central South Florida. So everything south. So of you got Dallas. the swamps. I have the swamps. In fact, my area is called the Everglades area. That's what we call it. Well, and really, technically, where we live all over Pinellas County, all over Tampa, most of it is X-Swamp. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Full of mosquitoes, still in snakes. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. So give me the number one reason why people bring a chaplain on site for their business, why they hire you guys to come on site. To care for people. 
Uh, quite often we find that the visionary leader of the business has found themselves blessed, and they're thinking, how in the world can I provide the best care for the people that have blessed me and made this business a success. That's where he has the greatest value. He or she has the greatest value in the people that are are working there. So they're looking for a way to provide practical, hands-on care, not just say we care and not just do things that might look like they care, but let's bring somebody in that actually shows up face-to-face. They get acquainted with them and then really do walk alongside the issues of life. So I think that's the number one reason. They're just looking for a way to care for their people. But you said most of the people that hire you to come on their location are Christ-following leaders, men and women that love the Lord. Why don't they do that job? Why do they bring somebody else on? Do you know anybody that is fearful to talk to their boss? <laughs> do, do you know? Yeah, most people are. Yeah, do you know anybody that's fearful to maybe share a deep need even with their pastor? Yeah, I know a lot of pastors have deep needs that have nobody to share with. So exactly. maybe we should bring chaplains into churches. <laughs> there you go. So that that's really one of the reasons I think Jim is just um, the the fear factor of going to that person that signs the paycheck or is in control of the hiring and the firing, or going to that person that that sees them week after week in that congregant, and do they really want them to know that about them? Whereas with a chaplain, it's one-on-one. It's private. It's confidential. And so we hear things that a lot of people may not ever hear otherwise uh, or be able to share otherwise because they begin to get comfortable that this is a person that... um, loves them, cares for them, is willing to allow them to be the owner of their information, and we become the stewards. We just don't share that with anybody else. That's, I mean, that's powerful. I mean, really, that level of confidentiality, employees would really appreciate. I mean, but it takes a while to build that trust, I imagine. It does. And week after week, worksite visits, even though they're brief, that in front of a person thing. There's just something about a little well, bit face here, to face a little is bit so there. powerful. Face to face. It absolutely builds a relationship of trust. Now, we, we have to come in and, and uh, be encouraged ourselves. We have to come in and, and uh, not bring gloom and doom ourselves. We have to kind of be the sunshine. And as I mentioned earlier, the fact that by the grace of God, uh, Jesus is in me. <laughs> and I, I take him into that workplace. Then that's what people that's what people sense and see and go, you know, that's that's something about that person there that I think would be interesting to learn more about. So we don't always get to immediately share about Christ, but over a process of time, uh, those doors of opportunity do open up. How many chaplains are there active right now for Marketplace Chaplains in Tampa Bay? Right here in what I consider the Tampa Bay area. Well, and when I say Tampa Bay, I'm talking <laughs> Sarasota, almost to Lakeland, up to Newport Ritchie. That's what I consider Tampa Bay. So we have 12 active chaplains serving, and what we consider an active chaplain, they have an active weekly worksite visit. So we have 12 right now. So not all of them are full-time? Not all of them are full-time. In fact, the majority of the chaplains that serve with us are serving with us uh, in a in a fashion that they have such a work schedule that they can make themselves available to really be on call 24-7 and actually do worksite visits as well. So it does require flexibility on their part. Most of the full-time roles that we have are in an area of leadership like myself or above. Um, but in total, between Tampa, Orlando, Melbourne, Miami, and Fort Myers, the major cities in Central South Florida, we currently have 50 chaplains that are serving with us actively. Okay, so but you just threw something in there, and then you breezed right by it. Okay. 
They are on call 24-7? They are. <laughs> what kind of job is that? <laughs> hey, I got a job for you. It's part-time, and it's you're on call 24-7. In fact, you might have to drive all over Tampa Bay, and you never know when you're going to get a phone call, but every week you got to go places where people are going to look at you going, you're a Jesus freak. You know, I mean, they may say that about you. I mean, that sounds like a great job description. Who takes that job? And why, why is it 24-7? The reason it's 24-7 is because problems happen in people's lives 24-7. In fact, they tend to happen after midnight a lot of times. So yes, see, you read the newspaper or read the online news. Most of the bad things, my mother was, your mother, my mother, they were right. Yeah, nothing good. Nothing good happens after midnight. When you look at the majority of the time, people are killed on the roads arrested, get in trouble, they're doing it after midnight. Between midnight and five. Between five and six in the morning is usually pretty quiet. Hey, I forgot to mention, we've got a copy of the book, the book of of how Marketplace Chaplains was started, written by its original founder, Gil Strickland. This is a great read. And and Roland says, everybody should get a copy of this, but I only have one copy to give away today. So if you're out there listening today, you want to get a copy of, find out, maybe you're a business leader, or maybe your boss needs to read this, get a copy of it, call her right now. Ivan is still standing by. 855-265-2929 855-265-2929 Get a copy of this book Read it yourself and maybe pass it on Because this is a ministry That can help you impact your workplace Alright, so You've got all these people They're working 24-7 They're available 24-7 Do you have a hard time recruiting people? That's a great question. Sometimes the recruiting process is challenging. Uh, it's not necessarily because of the 24-7, 365, though. Um, sometimes there are qualification issues, uh, just things that have happened in people's lives that, that may bring about... A, <laughs> background a dis- checks? Okay. Well, background checks is, is exactly what we have to do. But Jesus <laughs> came to restore all things and redeem everything about us. What we did, do you count things against people that, for, that happened before Jesus or just after uh, Jesus stuff? Well, just... Uh, <laughs> Just before Jesus. <laughs> okay. I mean, we, we... well, and, and again, um, we we carry a great responsibility to bring the right kind of sure. person. And you're bringing them on site. You're business. talking to people. Exactly. They've got to maintain confidentiality. They, yeah. And we're trusting them completely. And uh, they're building a relationship of trust there, too. So sometimes the recruiting pool is a little bit on the small side, but the 24-7, 365 becomes a reality for us, Jim, because we do poise our chaplains to serve within a 25-mile radius of the of the business. So that's how we assemble the team. So they're not having to drive an hour to get there, hopefully. But 25 miles here is an hour. It's an hour and a half. <laughs> it depends on the time of day, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, 25 miles sounds like a torture right here in Tampa Bay. I mean, think about that oh absolutely. i suppose in most it, areas of the country that would work okay many areas it does it really should okay. be about and well you said 25 miles in a circle uh, a radius so 12 yeah. and a half each way that, that would be well correct. that would be okay and, and and so the closer we can get the better obviously to that business it it, it helps on uh keeping us as good stewards with our mileage reimbursement, but it also helps in the response time. Can they get there quickly? Now, because there is a diverse workforce, then we need a diverse team of chaplains to best serve them. And having a team of chaplains, 12 chaplains in an area, just because I may be on vacation next week, there's still going to be 11 chaplains around. They'll let you take vacation. Well, sometimes I get to do that. (laughs) All right, but you bring up this diverse thing because it is true. I mean, obviously in any workplace, you're going to have people from all different kinds of cultural backgrounds, all different kinds of orientations, today's world, uh, all different kinds of, really, you got you got all kinds of perspectives on God, and, yet, and they're going to automatically assume you as a chaplain want to shove Jesus down their throat. How do you, how do you 
deal with that? As the question says, how do you deal with diverse cultural and religious backgrounds faced in the average workplace and still do the job you're called to do and not not tick people off? Sure. Number one, our care is brought in by the employer as a benefit. A benefit is not forced upon anybody. A benefit is voluntary. So even when we introduce our chaplain team to a workplace setting, and I see the diversity of what they may or may not believe there in that setting, uh, I oftentimes will say this, Jim. um, We love it if you talk to us. uh, It's going to be wonderful. But if you never want to talk to us, that's okay. We're not going to be offended. It's still going to be wonderful. So it's a voluntary benefit. Nobody is ever forced to have interaction with a chaplain at all, period. And then secondly, because we recognize there is a great diversity in the workplace where people may believe everything or anything or something or, or nothing. nothing, exactly, then we're not presenting ourselves there as representing a faith. We are a non-denominational organization. Right. If asked, we do identify ourselves as Christians, but we're there to care. So I'll just take you back to our core values that I mentioned earlier. It spells care, compassion, aware, responsible, engaged. We take those four core values into the workplace just to simply to care for everyone where they are at this point in life. Doesn't matter what they believe or don't believe. So, do you ever have people say, I don't want to talk to you? Yes. <laughs> Is that the answer you were looking for? Yeah, no, absolutely. I wasn't looking for it. I was hoping not. We but. absolutely do. In fact, when we introduce chaplains at a new location, we're not surprised to find that there's basically three three types of people represented there. There's the person there who is the believer going, yay, we're glad to have this. There's the person there who is not the believer that goes, well, we'll see. But then there is the person who may or may not be a believer, believe it or not, that just really has their hands up and says, I don't want anything to do with this. We pretty well know there's going to be three different types of responses in that setting. Our responsibility is just to go in there and care. Do you say the word care as opposed to love on purpose? Yes. Okay, tell me why. <laughs> we um, love can carry a lot of different I, I suppose if you come, I'm going to come love on you. Yeah, that might <laughs> yeah. freak some people out. Yeah, love can carry a lot of connotations, but most people get the idea of care. And, and, and what is happening is people need somebody that they know really does care. You would not, or I think you would be, or maybe not be surprised, but there are people that are walking around feeling like today there is no one that cares. Well, a chaplain does that. They care. And a chaplain can, upon invitation from that employee, can introduce them to the greatest carer of all, and that is Jesus Christ. So talk about some of those success moments, because that's really what people need to hear. You know, because as Gil wrote in his book, you know, he started this because he saw the impact of his being a chaplain in the armed forces and, and the impact you can make on individual people's lives being available for him. And so he said, wow, we should do this in a workplace. And you said he had a business guy who said, hey, come be a chaplain in my workplace. And that's how it got started. Talk about the impact, what you're seeing. Because I read on the website, because on your website it says the benefits. The benefits of bringing in a marketplace chaplain. Here's some of the things they can prove by statistics. That there's increased employee retention. Because it's a benefit, and people really like that. That's That they can tie that to the day we brought in a chaplain, our, our retention is higher. That's powerful. That it decreases employee absenteeism. How do they tie that? That's pretty impressive. Uh, increases employee pro- productivity, improves workplace safety, reduces 
employee stress, increases employee commitment to company's goals and objectives, reduces employee conflicts, increases employee loyalty, improves employee attitudes, increases employee morale and teamwork. People feel valued. I mean, that's a pretty strong list to say, here's what we can do in your company. Mm-hmm. Prove it. Show me. Give me some examples. Well, and remember that those are possible benefits. Well, right. Not everyone's going to be in every workplace. <laughs> exactly. But these are ones that you guys have seen in workplaces. Mm-hmm. These are things that you're seeing. Exactly. And so you're saying not, not past performance isn't indicative of future results? Is that what you're saying? You're doing like a, a financial planner thing on me? Is that what oh, you're no, doing? No, no, no. Not at all. I'm just saying we can't come in and guarantee that all of those will take place in a certain amount of time in a certain business. But we do have the history of being able to say it has had this type of impact, and it does. And even though those things are, in most every case, very, very difficult to put a metric to, to put a measurement to, the leadership can see it. The leadership can go, wow, you know, uh, when they do start measuring the retention rate, uh, they're able to go, wow, a, a year ago we had uh, 50% retention, now we have 80% retention. Uh, so we do see those type of measurements that really can come about. Most of what we do, I think, Jim, is a nudge. We call them Genesis moments. Um, we may not be having that big crisis impact in people's lives every day, but we do know and we do believe that every day we're having a nudge. We're hit, listen to that guy that says, I think we're going to leave my wife. And we're able to say, well, why would you want to do that? <laughs> and get them to talk. No, they usually have good reasons <laughs> in their mind. No, they never do. <laughs> in their mind. But, but we can ask that probing question. We can get them to hear themselves talk through that thing. And it may not solve the problem right then and there, but it's a nudge in the right direction. Parenting, they may want to kick the child out of the house, but it's the nudge to say, what do you think about this? Could you have this alternative? And it may be the right thing for them to kick the child out. We never know. But the bottom line is, we nudge them in a direction to think about what they're doing. Do you ever go into people's houses and talk to them with them and their kids? Is that available? Absolutely available. We don't go knock on doors, but if invited, yes. Roland, what I really want you to do as we close out the show today, give me some specifics. A real success case where you went in. I'm not going to play it up because you haven't given me an example. Just tell me how it's working. Sure. And of course, this will be as confidential as I can possibly make it with and still share the story with some The names change will be protect the innocent. <laughs> no, no, no names, no gender, but had an individual that really day in and, or week in and week out really did not even want to acknowledge uh, my presence when I would walk in. One day, as I begin to think about where this person was from, I asked them if they liked a particular sports team, knowing that was from their hometown. And they just went crazy. Yeah, they not only loved that sports team, but every other sports team from that hometown. And so from then on, just because about sports, we talked about sports every time I'd go by. Nothing spiritual, nothing serious at all. It was just about sports. We didn't even like the same teams. But eventually one day, this individual had a family member that was sick, asked me to pray for them. In fact, called me on a holiday and asked me to pray for that family member. I was I nearly passed out when I realized who was on the other end of the phone. So we prayed. I said, I can come back. No, don't want you to visit. I just want you to pray. So we prayed. And then that family member did die. And this employee did go to that funeral and then did come back and said, let me share some things with you. And we sat down for about an hour one day when they had some time to do that and just listened and listened and kept a good ongoing relationship. It was about a year and a half later, Jim, that this person called me one day and said, Chaplain, I haven't been to confession in 30 plus years. 
what do I need to do about that? And I said, are you available? And they said, absolutely. I said, I can be by there in about 20 minutes. Let's talk. So I stopped by, and um, this person was just open to hear truth about sin before a holy God. So I took what I knew they would know in their background, and that was the priesthood. And I took them to the book of Hebrews and talked about the one and only priest, high priest, our high priest, Jesus Christ. And this person sat there and wept and called upon the Lord that day. Now, that was a process of probably over about two and a half years. Mm, That's some patience. That's cool, though. And those stories are multiplied around the country. How many businesses is Marketplace Chaplains in across the country? There are corporations that are over 600 different corporations that we serve. And currently today, I think the total locations that we serve last month, we had 17,827 worksite visits last month. So that represents those over 600 different businesses that we serve. Um, Here locally, we have McKibben Hospitality. Uh, They have a Tampa corporate office, but yet they have 81 hotel properties across the country, and we have chaplains in every one of those locations. You also mentioned you you got a new client right here in Tampa Bay. Very exciting. Everybody knows about them. Absolutely. Metropolitan Ministries. And we're really excited to link arms and partner with them. It's pretty neat because they spend 24-7, 365 giving care to people in our community. Now we get to come alongside the caregiver and offer care to them. So we're really excited about that opportunity. Because there is uh, no good deed goes unpunished, it seems like. So the caregivers definitely need Mm. care. I mean, they need to have somebody lift them up because there's days that are really tough. Because 24-7, I didn't realize Metropolitan Ministries is going 24-7, but that makes sense because they're providing home, I mean, they're providing a place for people to sleep and uh, soup kitchens and things like that. It's, It's powerful. All right, so who's the perfect candidate company to use Marketplace Chaplains? Usually a smaller business that is led by a Christian founder, president, CEO that is looking for a way to fulfill their vision of how the Lord has blessed them, fulfill their vision in the workplace as that being their ministry, then that's the kind of person that can say, hey, I'm going to invite chaplains to come alongside and uh, care for our folks. doesn't necessarily have to be that because, again, there are some large corporations we serve, but the average is that smaller business with that Christian leader that just is looking for a way to fulfill their vision in the workplace. And they can find out more about you and Marketplace Chaplains at mchapusa.com. Mchap, M as in Mary, or M as in Marketplace, chapusa.com, correct? Correct. All right, you want to give out your phone number? Sure. My cell phone, 813-361-9226. 813-361-9226. And I've given up enough business cards across Tampa Bay. It doesn't matter anymore. Everybody has my cell phone. <laughs> your poor wife. <laughs> Honey, how come your phone's buzzing? It's 3.30 in the morning. Honey, that's my job. I chose that job 24-7. That's right. All right, as we come to the end of another I Work For Him show, I just want to challenge you to join the I Work For Him nation. No, this is not something where you're going to owe dues or anything like that. It's a commitment that you're making to your workplace. I'm looking for a thousand people, an initial thousand people to make this commitment. A thousand people to start praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. Every day. That's right. Every day. Start writing them down, the people that you work with. Look for ways to befriend them inside and outside of the workplace, during lunch, during breaks, and outside of the workplace. Look for ways to serve them, your coworkers and employees, 
each and every day. But be ready to pray with them when they're ready to pray with you. When you see a difference in their countenance one day and you say, hey, what's going on? How can I pray for you? Who? How can I pray with you? Can I pray with you right now? Go on to I Work For Him. Look for the I Work For Him Nation flag. Click on it and say, I want to join, Jim. And just start making that commitment to pray for your coworkers and employees. Start right there each and every day. While you're on the website, look for the big announcement for big changes next Monday on I Work For Him. Go on to our website. There's a banner up at the top. Just click on it and you'll find out all about what's going on for I Work For Him. You're listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately, I work for him.